Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Well, we are going to get back into our series. Uh, we have been going through the life of Christ, and we are going into... Um, about halfway through the Sermon of the Mount, and we're in the section of talking about the fulfillment of the law instead of the, the change in the law. Um, to be honest, I'm a little tired today. I'm sinusy today. So we're going to pray over this because I want to make sure I'm in on this because it's a very important topic. So Amanda Russell, if you... I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe. What? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, it's Okay. I mean, the, about the offering? So now it's cursed? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. But I am going to pray over this because this is a big topic for us. So we guys pray? Uh, Dear and Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together. We thank you for this opportunity to be brothers and sisters before our Lord. And I pray that you speak through your word today and that you bring revelation, Father, that you bring change of heart and that you uh, continue to just hold us and guide us and nudge us, Father, as we grow closer to you, grow cl- uh, more and more to be like Christ, and to look for areas in our lives that could be pitfalls, not just to our own freedom, but to our testimony as well. We pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. So since we're getting into that again, Matthew 5, if you're not already there yet, uh, we do have the U version up and running on the apps and also the, uh, the Bibles around the room. But we're stepping back in, like I said, to these freedom spots. And I, I still see them building on top of each other. So again, the, the first one that Jesus talked about was anger, which again, usually tends to be when we're not getting what we want or the things going the way we think they should be. Then building on top of that into lust, which a lot of times is a shortcut to get what we want uh, or to get something to tie us over, uh, especially if we're in a place of anger or uh, frustration. Uh, and then we talked about divorce, marriage, uh, singleness, divorce yet la- last week, which uh, definitely anger and, and lust is a part of. Now he's moving in to talk about oath, so talking about our speech. And I, I think a big part of what we struggle with with the marriage and divorce comes out verbally. Uh, and I think it also impacts other areas of our lives as well. I think if any of us stop and think and look back at uh, the most painful times in our lives, like, uh, like uh, if you can think of one incident has to do painful, majority of the time it's going to be with words. A lot of times it breaks us there. Or if we look back at times that we've hurt somebody else uh, the most, a lot of times it comes with our words. So Jesus tends to go from divorce straight into the opportunity of talking about our words and how we uh, use things there. But we're going to kind of follow the same model we did last week where we're going to look at what Jesus says here go back and look uh, just for a second at what the law, how that was originally structured, and then move forward into uh, some of the other teachings of the, the Scripture in the New Testament on how to work better with it. So everybody in? Everybody's good? Okay. So let's start out in verse 33 as he talks about oaths. He says, Again, you have heard it, that it was said of those of old, You should not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, 
or by earth, for it is its footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of our great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. So again, you've heard this said. There's the law. There's what they've said of old. And then now I'm, I'm fulfilling it into what it actually should have been. Now, to look at the law, and you don't have to turn there. It's a very short uh, verse, but just as an example within it. If you want to write it down, if you're a note taker, uh, I'm about to read to you Deuteronomy 6.13. Again, Deuteronomy 6.13, where it says, It is the Lord your God that you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. So there's kind of this three-step process within the law here. You, you should have God. You should fear him. So in other words, we, as those who have accepted Jesus as leader and forgiven our lives, right, acknowledged with our mouth he's the son of God, believed in our hearts, he died and rose again, and we're following him, should have a, such a high opinion of God that it's almost close enough to being the real thing. I mean, just we, we, we should fear God. We should love God. He, he is so thunderous and beautiful and overwhelming that if I ever swore on his name, you know I'm telling the truth because I have such a high opinion of God and it's changed my life to the point that I'm serving him and I'm walking be behind him and I'm, I'm learning from him and I'm doing the part that I've been called to do within my life right, by serving him. So people are seeing me as an integrity person and seeing me walk with, within him. So if I'm ever going to take and say something that I want to make sure that you know is true, that I'm going to actually say, I swear to God, this is true, that you'll believe it. Now, you would think if we have such a high opinion of God and we're walking in integrity, we would need the oath. But the reason why the law did that is because we, as humans, tend to be liars. I mean, we do. We, we tend to be liars. I, I, don't, I don't know any of us who would say, uh, you know, that I don't have a problem with that sometimes, or I haven't had problems with that in my, my life at certain seasons, or I have a problem with that in my life right now. It's, it, it's really, uh, you know, in all the hot button things that we talk about, where it seems like, oh, Christians really harp on this, but then they ignore this, and da-da-da, probably the most common sin is lying, I think. I mean, that, that we just kind of water down to a point that we don't have too much problem with it. And since we are such liars as a mortal man, then Moses gave us this thing where he says, if you want to make sure people know it's true, take, you can swear by God's name. So that if I say, uh, I, I swear by God's name, I love you, or whatever the case may be, people are going to say, okay, I've been kind of debating it, but you would never say that, unless if you really meant it. Um, She's going to kill me for this one. And I wasn't really going to talk about it. One of the things I love about uh, Ashton and, and Emily uh, is that they have a thing where they do like the pinky promise thing, and they will not do it unless if it's 100% true. Like whatever it is, if there's any like thought or insecurity or anxiety about anything, they do that and it's gone. And I love that. I love that. That's basically what Moses gave us for one another uh, here is so that we had these big issues. You swear by God and then people know that, that you're telling the, the truth. Problem is, is uh, we're still idiots as humans. And so we water that stuff down, right? That's a, that's a whole problem with the laws. We kept on trying to see how far we can go before it's a sin or how far we can get away with things. And so we started having a, a couple problems here with the oaths. Um, the, the first big problem with the oaths that they were run into by Jesus' time especially was um, it be, it, that the oaths became evasive. Um, that it became evasive. 
oaths and that they were not necessarily true, but they weren't sworn by God's name. Does that make sense? Like if you look over here, when like Jesus broke it out a lot more than what the law did. Uh, don't take oaths by his name, by heaven, uh, for the throne of God, oath for his footstool, Jerusalem, it's the city great king. Uh, by your own head, you can't even make one hair white or black. If, imagine if you can control your hair color, how much money that would save some people. But he, he breaks it out for a reason, and that reason, okay, maybe some more than others. But the, the um, hey now, the, um, the reason he broke it out so much is because they were breaking it out so much. So if I wanted to do like a land deal with you, and I say, man, it's, it's all good. It's all perfect. You're not going to have problems with this property at all. I, uh, I, I, I swear by heaven that you can trust me. And they're like, heaven? What are you talking about? Well, I mean, that's where God lives. You can't get more godly than that, right? Well, yeah. But they're thinking, I'm not swearing by God. And so they would start tightening the water down into these other titles. Right? I, I swear, swear by Jerusalem. What do you mean you swear by Jerusalem? It's God's holy city. But I lie to you about God's holy city. I swear by my own head. By your own head, I'm, I'm his son. I'm created by him. He loves me. I'm adopted. They would start using things around God to give validity to the things that in no way, shape, or form were honest and true, but it kept them from technically swearing to God when they were lying. And so this is one of the things that he is stepping into as far as some of the challenges. Now, the, the big challenge with that is uh, we still do that today. It just looks a little different. Uh, we don't say it like that, but we tend to use Christianese uh, for our own uh, purposes, our own uh, agendas, per se. Um, it's, it's amazing to me how many people over years have come either wanting something or thinking something, and they say that God told them that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, like, like it, it wouldn't be the first time... Uh, over the years that God told somebody, and they heard him just plain as day, that we need to do hymns and not worship music. Can you tell me about that process, that confirmation, what you're looking for, why nobody else is hearing that from God, it's just you, I don't, I mean, because a lot of times it's what we want, but we take, if you say God said it to me, make sure you, God said it to you, because if you're using his name for your own purpose, it doesn't go well. It really doesn't. It really does to take some discernment and, and some confirmation on things that God uh, leads us to or leads us into. Uh, so we need to watch those kind of things. I remember, whew, how long have we been going back? 15 years, 14 years? We had a situation in our church here um, of, about gossip. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad gossip. It, it, it was to the point, I mean, we were probably about 40 people at the time, but it was to the point that either, if you were in this church, you were either gossiping or listening to gossip. Um, and it, it was causing a lot of struggles within the church. So, so we, we called it out. We talked about it. My peer was a church issue. It was a public offense. It was a public rebuke. And we talked about how to, to move forward from that and encourage people who were listening to simply say, you know what? I'm not involved in this, and if you need to talk to the elders, and you need to talk to Tom, and you need to talk to this person, I'll go with you, but I'm not going to continue sitting here at the dining you know, we, we had it to the point that uh, we had a group of about seven having secret Boogoo King mo meetings at, on Thursday nights about how they felt about the church and me, and, and actually that, that particular group was how to fire me. Um, and so it was, it was bad, and we, we reached it, and you know, so we had to work through that. 
I know season's come, and um, the only sad part was Jenny was part of that group. But the, uh, <laughs> no, I was just kidding. But uh, no, it was a tough time for all of us. And she walked through that too, and I appreciate that. But the, uh, the, um, in the middle of this, one gentleman who wanted to have a lot of voice but didn't necessarily have a lot of foundation um, got really upset, and he told me, we need to handle this like Acts 15. We get everybody in the room, we all talk about it, we take a vote on what we're going to do, and then it's done. Problem is, Acts 15 doesn't say that. It doesn't. Matter of fact, Acts 15 talks about a conflict about Gentile believers in the church of Antioch. And they were trying to deal with it as a group, and it was splitting the church, and it was about to fall apart. So they sent their leaders, Barnabas and uh, Paul, to go to the church of Jerusalem to find out what they should do. And so they went to the church of Jerusalem, and they talked about it, and they started getting so much ruckus and fight over it that they started to split in half. And so James, the bishop of Jerusalem, and Jesus' half-brother, said, okay, that's enough of that. So he took himself and the apostles and Paul and Barnabas into a room, and they talked about it, they prayed about it, and James said, this is what we're going to do. This is what's right in front of the Spirit, that we are not going to t tell Gentiles that they, can't, that they have to be circumcised because it's not godly. And so they went out and they rolled out that, that decision within, within that leadership, and uh, that's what it was. That's what it was. And I'm telling you, people left the church over it. They did they did. That, that is just hu human, human nature. But it doesn't say it's a congregational vote on that type of issue. So it didn't really go well for him on that. So we can't say, well, Jesus would do this if you don't see in the scripture that Jesus would do this. We have to make sure that, that we're doing it God's way and following him. So uh, don't invoke God's name for your personal use. But here's the other problem with it. Um, it's not just evasive oaths, but frivolous oaths. Frivolous oaths would become the problem. Uh, they would make an oath on everything because it served their benefit. So it was just constant oaths. Uh, so it got so watered down, it didn't mean anything anymore. Let's say I came in here and told you that um, Doctor Strange and the multi-voice thing, Majabi, you know, voices, um, was an awesome movie. It wasn't. But... Let's say I said it was. It was like a C plus. It's okay, but it, it wasn't, wasn't all it was supposed to be. But I told you it was awesome. Now, you would have to decide whether or not you agree with my definition of the word awesome. Because if I hardly say it, and you know I'm a Marvel guy, and I watch the films, and you watch the films, and we talk about them all the time, and we tend to have the same opinions a lot of times, you would say, oh, okay, it's awesome. I, I probably should go, ch go check it out. I have some weight. But if I said everything was awesome, like the Legos movie, right? Like, man, you got to go see Doctor Strange. It is so awesome. It is such an awesome movie. Benedict Cumberbatch, I just think he is awesome. And you got to go down to Marcus Theaters. It's just an awesome theater. The way that the seats come up, it just feels so awesome. And then you get the peanut butter there, and they put the butter on, and you get that awesome, like, shake stuff that you can put on there. Oh, it's so good. It's so awesome. You, sooner or later, you're going to go, Tom, die down. It's okay. It's okay. But it's going to greatly water down whether or not it's truly, truly awesome or not. So remember, when you see Doctor Strange, I did not say it was awesome. It's good. It's good. But that's what they would do. They would continue to use oaths to the point that it just didn't have any weight anymore. And so Jesus speaks into this and says, look, you guys can't even handle this little voice, and you guys have made it such an issue. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Be integrity person to the point that if you say yes, then everybody knows you mean yes. And if you say no, it means no. Because anything outside of that is from the enemy. And that's a big statement. 
I'm not going to say what I think. I'm going to hold it inside and let it fester. That's from the enemy. I'm going to take and sake and water down what, I, what, I, what is true, what's loving in this, because I want to make everybody happy. It's of the enemy. Anything outside of you, yes, and you know, just be integrity in yourself, be integrity in your speech, be integrity in what you communicate, so people know your yes is yes, and your no is no, instead of watering it down. Jesus fulfilled this law by just saying, be truthful. Be truthful and be loving. Um, and again, make sure you're doing love too, because truth without love can be just as disastrous. For instance, uh, th Thursday was National Day of Prayer, and uh, I went down, and after COVID, saw a lot of people I hadn't seen for like three years. And so if you haven't seen me for three years, what's the first thing you notice about Tom right now? His beard, right. And there's one person down there, and I've known her for years, years, and she doesn't have a filter. Have you guys ever met somebody like that? Because I know it's not you guys, but you know what I'm talking about? And the, and the <laughs> Kathy calling her out in front of everybody like that. Uh, the, 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 so I went down, and there's several people like, hey, what's this, whatever. But she comes over, and she goes, I don't like your beard. <laughs> and I know her well enough, and I'm not you know, overly sensitive in this years. I said, okay, it makes you look old. I'm good with that. Why would you grow that beard? Because I like it. You should shave it. No. And she walked away, and that was the end of the conversation. I bring it up for this reason. We do that on Facebook all the freaking time and social media. Someone will post something about vacation, and then somebody else on me is like, you're an idiot for going on vacation in COVID, and I can't believe you're doing that. We just immediately feel like we have to down anything else anybody else has. So, so make sure you're bringing the, the love into that as well. But anyways, integrity speech. Uh, so here, here's some, not really points, but just kind of sidebars. Uh, if you're looking at integrity speech, and you want to have integrity speech, make sure you keep your promises. That matters. The word, actually, if you go into Proverbs, it tells us keep your word even when it hurts. Uh, if you tell somebody you're going to help them move, help them move. Because um, it's very obvious when it comes to the day of move and somebody else called, calls and they say, hey, man, I heard uh, you know, Dr. Strange is awesome. You want to go see Dr. Strange? Yeah, I'd rather do that than move. Oh, I'm sorry, something came up. People pick up on that. They know that you're watering stuff down. I mean, like if you have an appendicitis attack, people understand that. Those type of things happen, you know what I mean? Um, unless if you walk it off like Glenn did with his finger today. But the, uh, you did good, buddy. You, you hung in there. Oh, you know. But, the, uh, but make sure you keep your, your, your promises. And, and, you know, I'm not taking time to preach that uh, you shouldn't swear in court. Those people don't know you. Um, you know, that's a part of their system. That's where you're telling the truth, the whole truth, so help your God. But... Uh, but overall, that integrity speech should be there. Um, so uh, gossip is a big one. Make sure that you're not gossip. Um, but just making sure that we're integrity people lying is a, a big problem for us. I, I was actually looking at some stats. Now, these are older stats, um, but I don't think they've changed that much. And if they did, I think they've actually increased. Uh, but there's some uh, stats from a, a book called The Day America Told the Truth. Um, that I thought was interesting, that 91% uh, of people say that they lie on a regular basis. So if you're having a problem in this area, that's not necessarily uh, that you're in the minority, but that doesn't mean you're being righteous. 86% uh, uh, say that they lie to their parents. Uh, I don't think that's a big shocker. I love my kids. They're pretty good integrity people, but I'm not an idiot. Uh, 
you know, and there's, there's, there's been instances. I'll tell you, there's one instance um, that happened there, right about there, in the old church. I'm going way back. We had a youth group in here one night, and there's, I don't know, probably about eight kids and four adults, and we were, they were sitting in a circle, and we had one kid that, um, his family wasn't really plugged into church, but he, he came from his grandma bought him, and um, he was man. He was hyper, 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 hyper kid. And that night, that night, it was uh, was was over the top. And uh, they were trying to get him calm down and stuff. And I happened to be walking through, and I came up and I put my hand on his left shoulder, and I said, "We need to dial it down." And he goes, "Okay," and we did that. Um, so that that was all great and good until the next morning. He comes back with his mom, who I'd never met before, and she was bouncing because her son came home and talked about how the pastor choked him. Uh, and so, don't get too shocked. It's amazing what happens when you guys are on here on a Monday. But the, uh, so we sat down with her. I got, the, we had a kind of a prominent church member sit, living at the house, and I brought her over. And uh, we do what we always do. I, I called my wife, told her about the accusation. I called the elders, told them about the, the, the accusation. And then we sat down with her and um, basically just said, here's the challenge uh, for that. I said, we've got four adults and seven other kids over in there. They're all accessible to you. All, and we were in a circle. It wasn't like something could happen in a corner or like in a crowd or whatever, but it just didn't happen. And told him, you know, we love you. We don't know why you're lying, um, but obviously something's going on. We'd be more happy to be here for you. Uh, and so she, once she realized that we would make everybody accessible to her, we weren't trying to hide anything, it like calmed down real fast. And she, but she still left mad. And uh, we are talking to Grandma later, and she goes, oh, he does it all the time with teachers and stuff at school. And it's like... That's not good. It's not good. And as that happens over and over, God forbid something actually happened to that boy. He needs help. Um, so, so we have to keep those things in mind. Seventy-five percent say they lie to friends. So look at those you love around you. Sixty uh, percent lie to their spouse. I'm glad I'm in that forty percent. Fifty percent calling sick when they're not sick. I used to be really good at that. <laughs> Isn't that evil? I used to be really good at that. in my twenties. Most of you know, I spent most of my time in uh, retail management with tuxes and uh, suits, but those couple years, I worked at an insurance company. And uh, maybe this is bad for the pastor to give you away his techniques, but uh, <laughs> if you want to go to Cedar Point on Wednesday, the dumbest thing to do is to call in sick on Wednesday. Just to let you know. I'll catch on that. You go to work on Tuesday with a cough. And you're not as funny as you used to be, and you're not as engaged like you used to be. And people ask you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'll get through it. I'll get through it. <laughs> then about 1 p.m., I tried. I motored. I tried. You get a good day and a half out of that. And the, the downside was, now I'm not that way anymore. I'm just saying, I was a sin I'm a sinner. Uh, but the funny part of the time came when I, we, we, they revamped everything, and I got moved from one supervisor to another supervisor, and I really wasn't a fan over here. And uh, I was pulling this once, and uh, my old supervisor came over to me, and uh, she stood at the desk, and I looked up, and she goes, Tom, did you pull this stupid crap when you worked for me? <laughs> no. You're way too smart for that, Pat. <laughs> she didn't wrap me out, though. Didn't wrap me up. I was in the 50%. Ah, oh, sinner, 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 sinner. Because Christians aren't immune. Christians from the book, your book matters to God. These are areas that we as Christians struggle with. We steal from our job. 
We falsify on our income tax. We illegally copy things such as computer programs, movies, and music. We steal time from work, exaggerate products that we sell, and selectively evade the laws, including how fast maybe we drove to uh, church today. Uh, other ways that we undercut ourselves when it comes to our vocabulary, lies, white lies, selfish talk, gossip, negativity, victim mentality, broken promises, facial expressions, not speaking up for others when they need someone to speak up for them, completely undercuts them. Oh, churches, we, go for, we need to stay for integrity instead of trying to make everybody happy all the time. We give life and death with how we communicate. We give it. We take and we give in. So let's talk about how we can address this a little bit. Ephesians 4, if you would. You can lose your, lose your spot there. Um, if you're down at the National Day of Prayer, the, part of this scripture is what I ended up praying through um, when we were praying down there. But in Ephesians 4, uh, it, it talks to us a lot about what our speech and our integrity as a whole should look like. I start now in verse 1. It says, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That's huge. That's something we can read over way too quick. That's I urge you to live a life that's worthy of the gospel, worthy of what he's done for you, worthy of the sacrifice. Worthy that he left heaven, worthy that he lived this life, worthy that he died for you, worthy that he came back to life. I urge you to live a life as a prisoner to that truth that's worthy of it. Uh, how many people remember Saving Private Ryan? Awesome movie. No one got the joke. You got it. Awesome movie. Do you remember, I mean, the whole thing was bookended by the, this older gentleman going to the graveyard uh, Ryan in his old, older age and reliving all of it in his mind how many people sacrificed their lives so that he could get home, right? And do you remember at the end it shows when uh, Tom Hanks' character is killed he says, make, make this worth it. Make, uh, own this, own this. That's what he said, own this. And so when it comes back to the older man he's bawling, begging his wife tell me I lived a life, a good life that I'm a good man. Tell me that the sacrifice of all these other men so that I could be here today, that it's worth it, that somehow I lived up to what I needed to live up to. That's what Paul was saying to you. Live a life that's worthy of this calling. Live a life that's worthy of what Jesus has gone through. Do it, verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in law. I was going back through um, notes and I, on this particular scripture about 10 years ago when I was preaching on it. I went back and watched a little bit of the podcast, and it was downright heartbreaking, heartbreaking because some of the people that were in our family that have since that time walked away in division, uh, we were all doing these words together. Humility, gentleness, pa with patience, bearing for another love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all and through all and all. We're called to unity, we're called to integrity, 
And then he talks about how, how we do it. He continues to go on that we have a choice to live as such in our, in, in our integrity and in our speech and integrity. Um, he goes on and talks about how that, that God has given us um, teachers, pastors, uh, prophets, um, apostles to be able to lead as they're following Jesus to be able to provide that unity, that we as followers, that we make sure that we're following Christ first and then we're also following that, 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 uh, that, that those, those authorities he's put into our lives. And, the, and, and why would it do that? Verse 14, um, we, we, do, we live in this way so that we're no longer like children being tossed back and forth. No longer to and fro are the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cutting and by craftiness and deceitful schemes. I wish Paul didn't lay it on so thick because a lot of times it's not a scheme, at least as far as their intent. A lot of times we're thrown around because we have the best of intent, but we're off track. Um, rather speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in him in, uh, in every way into the head who is Christ. So the, the, there's a purpose to it, that not just within the church, but just within our lives to have that kind of integrity. And I, well, if we look at um, all that together, it's pretty beautiful. It's pretty beautiful. But there's so many other things that get in the way when we dig into it. Uh, jump over verse 25 with me. Um, man. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, but don't sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do you remember the things we were talk, talking about, the yes and yes and no, you know, and everything else is of Satan? When we don't want to have, have that conversation, or we don't want to give grace to one another, or we uh, just want to make everybody happy? That goes on for weeks and months and ends up biting you in the rear end at the end of it. Don't let your sun go down on your anger because it gives an opportunity to the devil. Don't give any opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let them labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up and fits the occasion that may give grace to those who hear it. So don't go to those Booker King meetings. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom which you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgive one another, as God and Christ forgave you. Is this my speech? Is this the way that I talk? Is this the way that I communicate with others? If this is the level that Paul's calling us to, to be worthy of the gospel, which, by the way, would never be fully worthy of the gospel. That's why it's such a beautiful gift. But if that's what I'm trying to get to, then how much of my, speak, my spe speaking this last week reflected God? How much of my integrity in this last week has reflected God? Or is there a challenge here? If it's something that needs to work on, make sure you remember this. It's Matthew 12, 34. And again, I'll read it to you, but if you want to write it down, it's Matthew 12, 34. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're going through this and you're like, okay, here's an area I can grow in, or here's something I regret, or whatever the case may be, uh, and you want to work on it, the worst thing you can do is say, I'm, going to, I'm not going to gossip. I'm just not going to gossip. I'm going to be nicer to people. 
the best thing you do is say, what in my heart is making me take and gossip about people? What in my heart is making me take and slam people behind their back? What, what is in my heart that I get so angry that I just can't control those words that come flying out? It comes down to a heart issue. And so if we're working on it, it must be a surrender. It must be, uh, I'll tell you, I've said this a few times before, and I continue to be amazed by how God uses it. Um, pray, God, you know me better than I do. So will you search, my, search me and show me who I am? Show me who I am. And, and it's a, just wonderful how these things come, uh, come, come together. And, and again, I'm not preaching uh, from a position of a guy who's mastered this. Because I, I, I'm not perfect. I don't lie about Cedar Point trips anymore. Jenny caught on. But, but there's a, a, a reflection there, something that we continue to grow on, not to let things fester, not to take and, and get into a place of negativity, not to let there be a void without communication that just gets filled with negativity and we start assuming things about each other. Um, and definitely not something that undercuts our witness to the people in our lives. It's just so easy to do. Satan's looking for the opportunity every time we turn around. Every time we turn around. Uh, if you've messed up, um, here's, here's the, what I suggest um, let's say someone comes against you in an allegation of doing something saying something whatever the case may be um, if you did it if you did it confess it confess it own it take it to the Lord grow from it get forgiveness move on um, and if you didn't with love and truth take and give the other side of the story because maybe it's just a miscommunication and then let your integrity be your defense. The, if you have, have integrity, that needs to be your defense if you didn't do something that's, that's uh, said of you. That, that scripturally, Paul talks about a situation he was going through. He says, at least I know my conscience is clear before the Lord. That's our main goal. You, you won't always make everybody happy. Not everybody's going to always believe you. But you need to be an integrity person so they have a reason to believe you if they want to give it a shot. Um, so with all that on the table, let me say a couple things. Uh, and this one's kind of sidebar. But we've, I know we've been talking a lot about dreams, interpretation of dreams, confirmation of dreams. And uh, this has been the most active season of our church life uh, within that. And one thing that I've hinted at, but really I haven't said too much about because we're still kind of getting our heads around it, um, is why these dreams of the rooms, and, and, and it's more than dreams now with the rooms because the Spirit's moving in those areas and we're seeing people respond and we love it. Um, but you guys have been here before when I talk about, uh, you know, the will of God that you take and put together the best you got. You give it to the Lord and say, okay, so into it. What do you think, God? Then once he reveals it to you, and now it's, now it's the vision, so you have accountability and you have things moving. And then the fourth one is what? Build and defend. Just like Nehemiah, we've got to build the wall, but we've also got to defend it because Satan's not going to like anything God's doing. He's going to come against it. So it's kind of a no-brainer. But for, uh, in the last three weeks, there's been a lot more uh, dreams and confirmation of dreams that there's a warning that Satan's going to come against it. Now, why does it got to be dreams when we know Satan's going to come against it, right? Um, but sometimes uh, God gives us some heads up for some particular purposes. And I can't tell you we understand all of it because, again, I'm not going to define what the Holy Spirit's doing until after he's already revealed it to us. Uh, it's not my job to, to do that, but uh, as a warning to things to watch with, um, some of the repeating themes make it seem like this might be the area where we get hit. 
that, um, I don't assume what that looks like yet, because I'll, I'll tell you the repeating things that we have. Um, the, it, the, from what we've seen so far, it feels like uh, when whatever Satan's doing happens, it's going to feel, it's going to be sudden, it's going to be a little bit like whiplash, but it's also going to be short-lived. Um, it might come from within our church, or it might come from somebody that's been in our church before. And that, uh, I don't know, some of them, Angie and I, there's even been a little bit kind of a gruesomeness <laughs> type thing spiritually to it, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's, I think those things symbolize some other things. Um, so that's mostly what I think we've kind of got on that. And the reason I share that with you, um, let me tell you why I don't share it with you. I'm a critical person. I, I do critical thinking on everything I'm told. That's my first response. So if I was sitting there, I'd be like, oh, there must be something going on behind the scenes, and Tom's trying to make it seem like some kind of big dream thing. So when that happens, uh, there's really nothing but peace behind the scenes right now for all of us in this beautiful place we've been in. Um, but for some reason, he's telling us that much. And I'll tell you this. If and I don't think it would be this direct, but let's say, let's, let's say somebody said that I, I'm being a goofball. Um, I will tell you, <laughs> Thomas, in a bad way, one thing I promise you is if I did, and I'm not perfect, um, I'll confess it, not just to you guys, but to the Lord. I'll do whatever I can within my means and my control to, to rectify anything I've done that's, that's stupid. Um, and I'll go from it. Um, if I didn't, I will communicate the best I can, and I'll let my integrity be my defense. If we as a church have done something stupid, and someone calls us out for us, and we did it, we'll confess it, we'll identify it, we'll do everything within our control to, to fix things, and uh, we'll grow from it. If it's uh, false, We'll communicate the best we can. We'll let our integrity be our defense and let God take it from there. The reason I share this is, has a few reasons. One, we need to be praying over any attack that Satan has against this church. Any. Um, I mean, because as Angie and I have been talking uh, specifically, our prayers is that, that if that's his plan, it never manifests. He never even gets that far. That's, that's our plan. I, I pray in a year from now, you say, Tom, you remember you're talking about that? Yeah, I never know. Oh, I didn't either. I would love that testimony. God's good like that. But if it does, that you pray that we do it in integrity and that God leads us. And that God protects over hearts because the worst part about that is innocent people get hurt. Um, so that, that's that, but that's our commitment. That commitment needs to be all of ours in any area of our lives. If you get called out for something that you shouldn't be doing, or if you call yourself out, or the Holy Spirit calls you out for something you shouldn't be doing, confess it. Get right with the Lord. Do whatever you can you control to fix it and grow from it. And if it's not, communicate the best you can, do what you can to fix it, and let your integrity be your defense. But you can't, integrity can't be your defense if you're not living in integrity. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740 740- 382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com that's tsflife.com 
You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.